Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Revival. Now, I want to show you a few things about revival. Say revival. revival. First of all, I want to show you what are the causes and what are the things that trigger a revival. The things that trigger a revival. These things, God downloaded it into my spirit. Mm. Every time I begin to discover more. Mm. As at the moment, this is what he has shown me. More. Now, the things that trigger a revival. Number one is divine timing. Let's all say divine timing. Divine timing. So now say, oh, now there are so many laws being passed in this country. It is not, it's very anti-Christian and the devil is trying to rule and all kinds of false religions are supposed to take place. And so because of that, oh, God must do something. God must do something. And because of that, God is, no, God is, doesn't move from the outside of the garden. Hallelujah. From Genesis, he's always been in the garden pursuing man from the garden. So what he does is not based on what is happening outside, but his purpose from, the in, from within. Yeah. And so, um, Buddhist temples being built is not what necessarily provoke a revival. Lost all kinds of laws that are anti-Christian, anti-Christ, and anti-human beings being made does not necessarily guarantee and provoke revival. Oh, now the things that are going on in our nation. Oh, can you imagine? Now a law has been passed that a child, 13-year-old child can marry. Oh, God must visit us. And so because of that, God is also saying, ah, is that one? Okay, me too, I'm coming to visit you guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't happen like that. God does not react to human policies. In, in the book of Acts chapter um, 15 verse 18 the scripture says known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the earth he knows what he will do he's already planned known to God from eternity are all his works tell someone God knows what he will do, God knows what he will do. in Galatians 4 the Bible says that at the fullness of time Jesus was born Jesus' birth was not inspired by um, now someone Mary has showed up or now the Romans are virtually killing the Jews, so Jesus must come quickly. No, it wasn't inspired, inspired by any human activity. Actually, it was inspired by divine timing. And watch this. And because of divine timing, certain things were happening around that time. Moses' birth. Someone was saying, ah, God, Moses had to come because of the laws that were passed to kill all. No, actually, Moses, when it was time for Moses to be born, God, because of divine timing, men moved, Pharaoh moved to make that law so that Moses can, can grow in Pharaoh's house. Because if Pharaoh had not made that law, Moses wouldn't have grown in Pharaoh's house. And guess what? Now, one day, the Bible says that Moses went to visit his people. And then, because his mom, his mom made him know that you are a Jew, okay? You are not Egyptian, you are a Jew. So one day, he went to visit them, and he saw an Egyptian maltreating a Jew. And he was angry because he, he, he had the deliverance status in his heart. So he felt that, no, God must do something. He held the guy, killed him. 
He thought it was time to deliver, but it wasn't God's timing. He ran away from town because it wasn't God's timing. So God was not provoked by the killing of the Jews. What provoked God? Because Moses felt God, you must do something. You must. Now, I was explaining to someone yesterday that sometimes your heart desire, maybe sin is too much in the country. Like sin is, is disgusting. Things that are happening. And so you look at it and it can provoke you. God, visit this land. God. Now God is going to visit not because of the sin problem, but because of his own agenda. So does my prayer play a part? Now when you begin to pray, I was explaining, it's just like the placenta. Is a placenta important when a child is growing, the fetus is growing? Yes. But after the fetus grows, the, the baby said, I don't need the placenta. The womb said, I don't need this thing. Mm. In the same way, sometimes something can drag you to God. It can provoke you to God. Oh God, you have to do something about it. And you are praying and praying and praying. If it means the timing of God, your prayer, by the time you realize God has made you drop what was moving you, and he has put what moves him in, his, in your heart. Right. <laughs> So that's what, so you may think that, oh God, you have to move. You have to move because there's bad religion. There are bad religions. God, move. And you are praying. By the time you realize, he has dropped. Bad religion is no more a problem. You are moved with the, 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 the desire of the Holy Ghost. How souls must be saved. Suddenly, what moves God begins to move you. You went with what was moving you. But by the time you keep praying and getting closer and praying for revival, God makes you. By the time you realize you have dropped, it's just like the rockets that goes to space. When it's going, the, the, there's a part of it that drops off. Because it's not necessary anymore. It can propel you to some, some place, but God doesn't need it. He said, drop it. And then he'll give you what he... Are you, someone gets in it. Yeah. That's how revival happens. Yeah. So number one factor of revival is the timing of God. Say the timing of God. Timing. That's divine timing. Number two factor of revival is the Holy Spirit. There can never be revival without the Holy Spirit. So Jesus told them, wait! 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 Someone scream, wait. wait. Scream it, wait. wait! The problem with most people in our generation is they are, they are allergic to waiting. They can't wait for the money to come so that they can buy it. They have to just buy it and pay later. <laughs> they can't wait for uh, coffee to be properly prepared or everything must be instant. Now I realize you can actually buy cooked rice yeah. instant. It's cooked already. Not, not take away. It's, it's, it's in Sainsbury's. You go, you pick it. Cooked rice. And in fact, there is a canned canned pudding. Me when I was growing, I never knew there's a, you cook it at home, prepare it at home. There's Canned pudding, you go and buy it, just open it, pour it, warm it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we want instant, everything instant. We can't wait for the divine timing for our husband to come. You go and grab someone from town, bring him to church. He said, Pastor, he's okay, he's already saved. Pastor, he's okay. Please, can you bless us? Can you marry us? We can't wait for God's timing. We can't wait for God's timing to buy the car that God has planned and bless you. You have seen your neighbor having it, so you also must have it. So it, this generation is a quick fix generation. That's why it is a problem when God says, wait. Jesus told them, wait until you are endued with power in Jerusalem. Someone say, wait. wait. 
So he said, wait until the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Revival is a function of the Holy Spirit. That's why we are praying for one thing. Holy Spirit, we need you every day. We need you every hour. Pastor, go for the Holy Spirit. Pastor, go for the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your church. Thank you, Jesus. And then number three, I like that one. Watch this. These are all things that trigger the Holy Spirit. When people have a thirst for the Holy Spirit. A thirst. See, it's the Holy Spirit who is a trigger. Who, there can't be revival without the Holy Spirit. But for revival to happen, some, for some reason, there will be a thirst. Is there anyone here who is thirsty for revival? I am thirsty. All my two, two hands and my legs are all up. I'm thirsty for the Holy Spirit. I'm thirsty for, I'm desperate for the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that trigger revival. So it, there's, there's a genuine, that's why when you are thirsty for the Holy Spirit, you realize that nothing is too hard for you to do. Or nothing is too much. It's not too much. They say, let's meet. Ah, let's extend the meeting. Ah, that's fine. I will stay longer. If that means I can't see, it's not too much because you are so thirsty and desperate. When people are queuing for an iPhone or some gadgets, time is not a problem. They will take a whole day off. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A thirst is what triggers revival. See, a thirst. Probably you have to take over this thing, pick it again because there's a lot. God has downloaded so much into my spirit. And then the, the next thing that triggers revival. So these are so divine timing, Holy Spirit, a thirst for the Holy Spirit or a thirst for a move of God. And then prayer. There can never be revival if no one is praying. So those of you who have taken it upon yourself to constantly make sure you are here to pray, you are doing something wonderful. Yeah, you are doing something wonderful. Pastor Chan, have you realized we have gone beyond the place where people are waiting, whether pastor is not here? This afternoon, afternoon, just 12 to 1, we were over 32 people. Yeah, just praying. Just praying. God has put it in some people's hands. Other people too. Even God put it, it will reject it. <laughs> God, no, no, no. Check on the other one. We know me. The thirst will make you, it will push you to prayer. Don't, anyone who is hungry for the Holy Spirit will always yield himself. There will be, as I said the other time, signs of revival means that there is a desire for more prayer. How many of you have realized that it's becoming easier for you to pray? So, a thirst or a desire for prayer. When you are beginning to desire prayer more and more and more, and you seem not to last, um, last Sunday, Listen, brothers and sisters, if you are here, you don't feel like praying, just hang around a little bit. It will come. It's a, it's a, it's a holy virus. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you'll catch it. You'll catch it. You, I'm telling you, you'll catch it because an atmosphere. If you stay around enough and your heart is right, you'll catch it. On the last day, Jesus stood out with a loud voice in, in John chapter 7 verse 37 and cried out. And he said, whoever is thirsty, whoever, it is not for everybody, whoever is thirsty, who, and if anyone thirsts, let him come. What qualifies you for joining is your thirst, not your thinking, not your calculation, not your showing up. It's your thirst. You can show up and not thirsty. You are not qualified. He said, if anyone is thirsty. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a thirst. 
thirst thing. Let him come and drink. And the Bible says that for this he spake concerning the Holy Spirit. It's a test. Say it's a test. So there's a prayer, desire for prayer. And then number five. Causes and the things that trick our Bible. Number five. The willingness by someone or some people to pay a sacrificial price. Mm. It's costly. It's what? Costly. Willingness to pay sacrificial price. Someone must pay the price. We are talking about dead people being raised back to life. We are talking about cripples walking, blind eyes open. We are talking about healings, miracles taking place. Someone must pay the price. Someone, guess what, brothers and sisters? Last week, someone lost her job, and the person was actually very happy that I can be part of this prayer. That's a major price to pay. Major price to pay. So when you are comfortably receiving the pay, hefty check, that's breathing. Someone doesn't have that because they walked away from that joyfully just to be able to stay in a place of prayer. God visitors, God visitors, God visitors. Some people may not have the luxury of, of going to work the way some of us are blessed to. And that may be the price they are paying to be here and they come in here praying. It doesn't mean those who don't come here are not qualified, but because of the nature of your engagement, you can't make it. Someone must make it. A price must be paid. You see me here like this? I'm losing weight without control. A price. <laughs> Someone must pay their price. Brothers and sisters, you know the good news? We are here tonight because we are paying a price for a whole generation. Yeah. We are paying a price for this country. We are paying a price for our brothers and sisters. We are paying a price for souls to be won. We are paying a price. Hallelujah. So it's not too much an ask. If you, God has given you the privilege of being free in the afternoon. And you can come and pray. It's a privilege God has given you. You can come and It doesn't matter the journey you have to make. It is worth the price. For souls to be saved. Some people who would have been left bereaved. Mm. Or widows or widowers. For their sake. You are here praying. So God will change the United Kingdom. It's worth it. If people don't pay the price. On the day of Pentecost. Pastor Charles. Mm. On the day of Pentecost. They, they stayed there. They were praying for all that time. Mm. They, were, they were staying in the upper room. As long as they didn't have anything to do. Someone must pay the price. But brothers and sisters, by God's grace, God has put in my heart. And I'm not ready to just go through pain for this. I'm ready to die for this. Pay the ultimate price for revival. But those who say whatever happens, happens. Always survives. I'm ready. I'm pushing myself as far as God permits and as far as my physical body can permit so that we can see God. Is someone getting it? Price must be paid. 
Are there some people here who want to say, God, send me, Lord. God, send me, Lord. Bible says, uh, Eben, Bible says that Isaiah said, on the day when King Hosea died, I saw the Lord. Isaiah chapter 6, I saw the Lord. And I, I like the way he said, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, high and lifted up. And his trail, the trail filled the temple. And the seraphims and cherubims went on it. And then, I saw, then I said, woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, living, dwelling in the midst of unclean people. And then he, uh, he, uh, he says that, then a voice came and said, who will I send and who will go? Then I said, send me, Lord, I will go. Then Bible says that one of the seraphims took the hot coal from the altar and touched my lips. He touched my lips. God is always asking, who will I send and who will go? Someone must pay the price. I know you came to London. You know, money people, their vision is to get a, a car driving. However, you got the car, whether you, you are paying in bits or you just hide and drive it for some time, later on they collect it from you. As long as they are driving car, they feel very good. And the best, the ultimate is to get a mortgage. Not, not buy it. There's a difference between buying a house and getting a mortgage. <laughs> There's a difference. When you buy a house, you don't have payments to be making. Apart from normal. But it's a mortgage, you owe the lender. And that's where, when you buy a house, there's nothing like repossession. But when you have a mortgage, the house is actually for the bank. It's not yours. And many people, that's all we are hoping for. That one day I'll have a mortgage. At 150 pounds, 1,000 pounds mortgage, or 80,000 pounds mortgage. At least if you are hoping that God, I will buy a 1.5 million house, then maybe you say, okay, it's worth the. <laughs> now I'm not saying should anyway, but what I'm trying to say, some of us, all those things over, preoccupy us so much that we lose sight of bigger picture. Generations that are yet unborn will come and call you blessed. Because of the sacrifice you are willing to pay. Willing to lay down your life for the sake of the kingdom. And Pastor Charles, you know how Jesus said? He said, there's no one. I quoted last Sunday. There's no one. No, say no one. No, no one. one. In the book of Luke chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Luke chapter 18, 18, verse 29. There is no one. No one. Say no one. No Jesus one. said, surely I say unto you, there is no one who has left house or yeah, parents yeah, yeah, or yeah, brothers yeah, yeah. or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Go to the verse 30. Who shall not receive many times more? When in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. There's no one. It doesn't happen. So it's worth the sacrifice. So for revival to come, these are the things that must happen. Someone, it must be divine timing, Holy Spirit, uh, by the Holy Spirit, there must be a test for the move of God or the Holy Spirit. There must be a desire for prayer. Prayer goes on. And then sacrificial, uh, willingness to pay sacrificial part. Let me show you quickly. Signs of genuine revival. So, now, this is what makes revival come. But when revival comes, what's, what's the difference between awakening and revival? Revival, most thing, what, most, most, what most people call revival is an awakening. Actually, what has begun here is at the moment awakening. The difference between revival, revival is when um, a, a whole community, 
a whole group of people have been changed, changed and touched. But like when Philip went to Samaria, Bible said, and there was great joy in the city. It's a city-wide thing. There was great joy in the city or in a group of people. Something has happened and watch this. Souls are being won and coming to Christ. That is the one sign, major sign of revival. The other ones, if there are no signs happening like Toronto, the Toronto blessing and people go and have an encounter. It's great awakening. When there's an awakening, people are responding to the things of God. They are becoming alive to God. That's an awakening. But when there's revival, people get born again at a radical pace. And it changes the society. Thieves stop stealing. Um, brothels start closing down. Liars stop lying. People who are owing begin to pay back. People who are gone for somebody's husband, they say, no, go. I can't do that anymore. Go. No, people change. You can see that's when someone who has offended someone can come and tell, maybe I stole your, I stole your goat three years ago. You didn't know. By the time revival comes, I come and tell you, please, I stole the goat. Forgive me. I'm sorry. That's revival. When revival, revival changes people and it changes the community. You can leave your door unlocked and leave your money there. No one will come and tell because the, the police have to have to cut down their numbers because crime goes down when there is revival. That's what is coming to London. That's what is coming to London. That's what is coming to London. The signs of revival. Okay, the, the sign of genuine revival. One, there are miracle signs and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they went out and preached with boldness. And the Holy Ghost was confirming their words with signs and wonders following. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Particularly verse 32. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. So when there is genuine revival and when they had prayed, the place of now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone. Uh, uh, verse, um, no, go back to verse 31. And when the prayer was filled, and then uh, they, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, okay? But I think when you go down, it talks about how the Holy Spirit was confirming their word. They went out with boldness, and miracles, many miracles were happening by their hands. When there's, when there's genuine revival, people, miracles take place. That is why what you heard about people traveling with their sick people from Croatia, traveling with their sick people, sick brothers and sick sisters, doctors, are, I like that. People, we are, listen, brothers and sisters, we are going to be seeing this common. Where doctors have given up on people, we'll be seeing it, that they'll be healed here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there'll be signs and wonders when there's revival. And number two, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The money, what do I mean by it? You know, when we talk about, I touch on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, prophecies, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment of spirit, these things become common. common. So ordinary people, they will come, God will touch them, and they will be prophesying. Sometimes someone will say, I've seen this. Someone, uh, sometimes, someone, ordinary person like Philip, Philip went down to Samaria and changed the whole city. Changed the whole, no one said, he went down, he changed the whole city. He wasn't one of the chief apostles, he was just a deacon, a normal deacon. He went and changed the whole city. So they sent Peter and John to go to Samaria. Because Samaria has changed. Because Philip went there. One man. One man. Say one man. One man. Because the Bible says that demons were screaming and leaving people. And, and there was great joy in the city. I like that. That's a sign of revival. So when there's revival, you, what, what happens is that there are signs and miracles and then the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, you realize I differentiated the manifestation of the gifts from signs and wonders. Because signs and wonders are spectacular acts, very strange acts. 
public manifestation, like healing. Someone who can never, has never walked in his life and then begins to walk. Someone who has never seen, begins to see. Someone who has literally, he has literally done. This afternoon we are watching a clip by A.A. Allen. Someone who doctors have given up on him because he's got an ulcer, or is it cancer or ulcer? Cancer of the, I think, esophagus or something, intestine. And he can, when he drinks anything, he can't go down. When he drinks, it can't go down, and doctors can't do anything. They've tried, so doctors have given him. So they've given him time to die, and they brought him to. They brought him to the man of God. The man of God prayed and brought a drink. Said drink. He drank. The things started going. Drank. The things started going. He was so weak, God, that he can't get up. For the first time, he got up, and then the guy got up. Then they gave him. He drank. He drank. He was drinking, and then the man of God said, "Take your time. Take your time. It's okay." He drank a little bit. Then he removed the straw, and he took the. He drank. Everything went down. When he finished, he asked for a sandwich. They gave him a sandwich. He ate over there. This is all called science, wonders, and miracles. It's going to be happening here. It's going to be happening here. Not, 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 not because there's one person doing something, but because there are people here. And God can use anybody. Anybody. Say, if you can use anybody, use me, Lord. Say it again. Lord, if you can use anybody, use me. Now, so uh, that's uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says that, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Strange things happening. They were doing things that they could have never done. So they began to speak in tongues. Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came, they began to speak in tongues. And it's not just a normal tongue, because that was the first time they spoke in tongues. So it was a strange one. Very interesting one. Now, quickly, um, the, this one is very close to my heart. When there is revival, souls are won. I told you, you will see Buddhist priests coming to give their life to Jesus here in Karis. And it's not going to happen only in Karis because the thing is going to spread from Karis to a lot of other churches in the United Kingdom. Buddhist priests, Muslim, Imams, coming to say, I left everything, I give up. Uh, Jesus is Lord, no, I didn't know. You go instead of screaming, Allah, I said, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Shout Hallelujah. And so it's not a problem. Things are going to be happening, but someone must pay the price. Yeah, man. That's what we are. And then when, when, when miracles, uh, when genuine revival happens, the, the word of God prevails. What does it mean for the word of God to prevail? That means that pe- pe- people can't, can't any longer dismiss and marginalize the word of God. When you say the Bible says they are quiet, they say, mm, okay, I think I accept it. There is power. So people begin to see the power of, the word, of God's word. They begin to, for some reason, it's like people begin to accept God's word. They ask you, oh, can you tell me again? Yet I saw you read the Bible. Can you share something with me? The word of God becomes acceptable. It beginning to prevail. And not just that. People are obeying what he's saying. Right. That's a sign of revival. But when we are coming to church and screaming, and people are jumping and screaming, and people are falling, and they go back to the same lifestyle, it's not revival. It's not revival. It's not revival at all. It's just fanfare. <laughs> just having fanfare and have. That's why many people don't respect some of the things the charismatic churches have been doing. Because those same brothers, those same sisters who have been falling and screaming, when they get up from the screaming, they are either going to fight, or they are going to fornicate, or they are going to lie, or they are going to steal, or they are going to gossip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll finish, they'll come and fall again. <laughs> so people look at us, these guys are not serious. Let your falling have an impact on your spirit. Let me know this, remember. Genuine change. Genuine change. You, you, you look at your boyfriend. You say, boy, oh boy, 
I know I wanted you to marry me, but it looks like you are not serious. Please, from today, I don't want to see you in my life again. The best place I can see you is when you come to church. Get out of my life. And all your friends will die for this man. Hey, really him? said, I need the Holy Ghost. You are able to walk away. Walk away from anything that is going to, that is keeping you in sin. It shows that someone has caught revival. Hallelujah. The word of God prevails. Acts chapter 19 verse 20. And then number five. Final one uh, so far is strange and unusual behaviors. By the time you realize, after church, someone can't go home. Standing here. Allah, Allah, Allah. Someone was sharing with me. He said, my brother comes home. And well, as soon as we begin to pray, then he begin again. So it's now becoming a concern. And I said, even me. Me, me too, I don't understand what is going on. So, but I know it's not of the devil. It's not, I know it's not of the devil. I know. But I asked them how the thing is going. I don't understand it. So if I tell you, I can, and sometimes when we are praying, and then sometimes some people begin to manifest in certain ways. Most people think it's deliverance. That, see, we just, that's, some of you, you have been wrongly educated. Deliverance, deliverance. Some of those things are not deliverance. That are supernatural encounters. Strange things will be happening. Say strange things. Strange. That's some of the revival. Sometimes somebody will be walking in town. Hey, 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 Holy Ghost, hey, okay, I'll do it. Holy Ghost, I'll do it. You'll be wondering. In fact, Acts of the Apostles, the first one that took place, they said they were drunk. They said these guys are drunk. And they mocked them practically. Acts chapter 2, I think, verse 11. They mocked them. Practically, because what they are doing was, someone said, look at all this rubbish and nonsense. This fanaticism. Someone will be sitting somewhere and lambasting and insulting. It's normal. It comes with revival. They will criticize. They will lambast. But we just have to stay focused. The Holy Ghost will take care. This one, signs of personal, personal awakening. When personally, your spirit is revived. Some of the things that will happen, besides the... And they're crying and they're shaking and they're moving and they're gyrating and they're acrobating and somersaulting. These are all okay. But then when you have encountered revival, these are some of the things that personally we will see in your life. Very easy. It's easy to come on to happen. Number one, there'll be hunger for God and God's presence. Yeah. <laughs> I want God. I want more of you, Jesus. And you, you just feel like you are getting crazy. You just are hungry. God. Yes, it's a sign. Personal revival. You are so thirsty for God. That is a sign that something has happened to you. So when people are making noise and doing all that, sometimes I just ask a few questions and I will check whether this source is from God or not. These are the signs. When there's a genuine hunger for God and God's, in other words, God's things that belong to God, God's presence, God's kingdom, God's people, God's move. When you see it, you want more. You want more. You can't have enough of it. You like just sometimes you sit in church, you don't realize time is fast spent. Because you just you just want more, one more, one more, one more. Anything God doesn't matter. It's a sign that something has happened to your heart. And then number two, I like this one. There's a distaste thing. There's disgust, a distaste for sin, or there's rejection for evil. You just can't stand it anymore. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. How many of you are wearing? There are some people after a Saturday night event, they say, oh, they are going, to, they are going clubbing. And it's normal. Oh, that's, 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 and they go club to smoke. Smoke. Who 
people come to church. In fact, there were people who were in church and they were doing drugs. I was shocked that the, this Holy Ghost filled church like that. They would come, we jump, they jump, they shout, they shout, we do. But after church, they have a different life. They have a different life, which is normal. It can't be bothered. Some of you know people like that I'm talking about. They have all kinds of rabbits in their bedroom and at their pillows. Christian sister, if you don't know why rabbit, don't worry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why, by mistake, if their iPad or computer gets into your hands, you may go blind. You call the junk on it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. People will fornicate and come to church as usual. Come to church. And it's okay for them. It's not a big deal. Don't you know people like that? Before revival, after church, you go and you are in your bed. Sin is next to you. It's normal. You take your remote. Sin is next to you. After church, you go. You be. You are the one who. Die. I'm chasing after you. Hey, no matter. <laughs> Am I speaking the truth at all? I need you more and more. Is that you? <laughs> we give you all the glory. You see, they just replace the excitement they used to have in the world. It's all feeding the flesh. We give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Joshua, like that song. Hallelujah. Hey, hey. They will sweat. We call it praise. It's not praise. It's just dancing to fulfill the desires of the flesh. Meanwhile, when they go home, sin is in their bed. And it's normal. It doesn't matter what the pastor will preach. If they, they have made up their mind, tithing is not for me, they won't do it. Oh, hey, I won't do it. I'll, uh, it's evil. Okay, I'll take it like that. God, me, I said me. <laughs> so, before revival, it's normal to have a partner as a sin. I'm not saying have a roommate. You know what I'm talking about. But sin is, is sharing your bed with you. At a revival, you go back. Hey, what's going on? You pack your things. You don't even want to stay there anymore. I don't like it. I don't like it. That shows that revival has hurt your house. You, you have a distaste. You have a disgust. You have an abhorrence. You abhor sin. You abhor anything that has not glorified God. You can't continue with the gossip. You can't take it. So when there's genuine revival, you have a disgust for sin. You, the way you dress will change. Cover, you cover your cleavage. Yes. Sister, you cover it. You know what I'm talking about? Your skirt will begin to grow longer. Yes. Am I speaking the truth at all? Yes. Begin to grow longer and a bit loose. <laughs> you the whole thing as if the fabric is not enough in town. Starting. And what I don't understand is when they walk a little bit, then they pull it down. You know what you need? You don't need a preach. You need a revival. <laughs> when you go to the shop, you won't even go to some places. You know where you go. Because you're a changed person. Something has changed the disposition of your heart. You can't take anything that doesn't glorify God again. You can't take it. So does it make sense? The reason why nowadays I talk about something the way I talk. Because revival has hit my heart. That's why. I can't stand sin. I can't, I can't stand sin. The Holy Spirit comes upon your life. Sin will, you can't stand. It's not like someone is preaching you to stop. 
You yourself, you don't have time for it. Yeah. Some people, hey, hey, I preach. Hey, preach. I know, pastor, you have been paid to preach this kind of thing. So you preach. You are doing your job. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I see someone saying no to sin. Amen. I see someone saying no to sin. Amen. Sister, it will block your opportunities. Get away from the sin city. And then, so, this taste for sin or evil, in Acts chapter 19, verse 18 to 20, they broke their magical things. I don't want it anymore. I'm giving you four, and then we close. Insight into God's word. How many of you have noticed? Some of you, I know by now, you should. When you open the Bible, you, you are saying things differently. You, oh, this is sweet. Anything you are reading in the Bible is like, it's different. You have an insight. You have a better understanding. It makes more sense. Something has hit your spirit. One of the signs of personal revival. Nowadays, when I take the Bible, anything I read, I'm seeing more. Amen. I keep seeing more. I keep, oh, man. I, so now I don't know what to read because it's so much. Everything I read, if I'm having a chat with you and you quote something, we, we check it. By the time you finish, I can't put it down because I'm seeing more and more and more and more. There is this insight into the things of God when you pick it up, when you pick the Bible. And then finally, I like this one. When you have encountered revival, because revival is a function of the Holy Spirit. That means he's feeling comfortable to stay around you. And so you begin to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to flow in your life. Sometimes you are talking to your work colleague and all of a sudden you know what he was thinking. Mm. You know what he has been through in the past week. And no one told you. The Spirit of God just speaks to you. Sometimes you, you can, at your workplace, you can tell them, no, like Paul told them, let's not take this decision because I see this coming. And they, later it happened, they say, how did you know? Said, the Holy Spirit just told me. The Holy Spirit just, just told me. Sometimes someone can be praying and the Holy Spirit can pray in your heart the words the person is speaking. Speaking in tongues and the Holy Spirit will open your ears. Suddenly you begin to hear the person. The person may not even be aware, but he's praying about maybe a death or something that is going on. The person is praying and the Holy Spirit is downloading your spirit. These are the normal things that happen when revival hits people personally. So can you imagine if every one of us is experiencing revival and we come together like this? But I'm going to continue and show you the things that can destroy a revival. The things that can destroy a revival. And then what God told me, how we can sustain a revival. Right. One of the things that I have to say is we can sustain a revival is wordfulness, the word. So discipleship, different programs. What is normal and what is abnormal? Yeah. So that we don't have foreign elements coming in and then we say, oh, it's all revival. No, I'm going to, we will spot all those things. I'm telling you, you'll be shocked. Some of the things that can destroy revival. Next Friday. I'm going to show you so that we will know because we want to guard this thing. Yeah. May it stay in your life, yeah. affect your marriage, yeah. affect your career, yeah. affect your relationships, yeah. affect your walk with God, yeah. affect your family life, yeah. affect your marriage yeah. in the name of Jesus, affect your health in the name of Jesus for good, affect your children, yeah. affect your grandchildren yeah. for good in the name of Jesus. Yeah. May God give you encounters as you go home. 
on your way home. May God empower you to stay away from anything that will quench the Holy Spirit. May he empower you to stay away from, away from anything that will distract your focus on the Holy Spirit. The things you watch, even television programs you watch. May God empower you. May he give you the grace and the strength to be able to take a firm stand to his glory. To protect what he has started in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Go from this place with this assurance that in Christ Jesus you are more than a conqueror. And all shall say, Amen. And all shall say, Amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.